Teenagers. I'm James Schoen. And I'm James Certin. Conversation, expertise and advice on the world and well-being of our teenagers. So, James, uh, slightly unusual, different circumstances today. It's just you and me for what I guess we should call a coronavirus special, but that there seems to be nothing special about coronavirus at the moment, does there? Not at all. Um, but that seems a great thing. I mean, the, the, the mission is is basically to share what we think are some quite helpful things to do as families and with young people. Yes. And we should say that we are socially distanced right now. We are not close to each other. Not at all. No, Our microphones are very far apart. Yes, they are. But I think we both were saying at the start of this, one of the things we should make clear to the listener is how tough we're finding this in trying i mean this is this is sort of uncharted territory isn't oh, it? absolutely for all of us and so there is a sense of we just want to offer our two pennies worth of what we think is is quite helpful stuff um what mistakes we've made <laughs> <laughs> well that is the reality we've suddenly got four children at home from 18 down to nine and they've all got very different needs and they're in very different places and in in life let, let alone actually with regard to their attitudes to what each day might hold and so Herbie our eldest you know his A-levels have just been cancelled you know Sophia her GCSEs have just been cancelled so that's another and then we've got a 12 year old and a 9 year old who are you know uh, hopefully at this moment 11 o'clock in the morning knuckling down in the kitchen listening and watching what the schools are doing on computers so I don't know it's it's just a very different plan I think for each and every individual. That's right I mean our, our daughter's was on her year out she should at the time that we're speaking, be on the Inca Trail in Peru. She's mm. kind of had that um, snatched away from her now. That's not, she's perfectly phlegmatic about it because there's a lot worse going on in the world. But it's, uh, you know, she's been rushed back from Ecuador, actually, you know. And so, and then I've got another boy, you know, who's on the autistic spectrum. So what he loves is routine and, you know, doing the same thing every day. And of course, this is going to throw all that up in the air for him. And then a 12 year old who just likes nothing better than being outside and playing sports. So <laughs> trying to keep him engaged and amused is difficult. So I'm sure all the listeners out there will have very uh, similar kind of stories in terms of their um, children and what they're up to. And I think one of the things that we were saying just before we sort of press record was you kind of want to come up with a sort of individual plan. We're all totally different in this and our children are going to respond very differently, but also a collective one as well if we yeah, can. Yeah. I also think on that note, it's really important that we don't compare ourselves with other families. You know, there is a sense of, oh, they're doing this or they're doing that. We must do this. We must do that. I think that actually we've got a this is a time where we come together as our own collective groups and we know what's going to work and we know what's not going to work. And I think, you know, if I said to Herbie, our eldest, you know, you need to be up at kind of quarter past eight and doing this and, you know, in front of a computer, it's like, well, hang on, I'm 18. And and yeah. but there should be some form of structure, like the old cliche, you know, structure does give freedom. And I think there needs to be a sense of, okay, in order to get through this, we need a structure, because otherwise, we're going to be we're doomed. We're doomed, <laughs> aren't we? That's it. I think, yeah, uh, yeah a, friend, a colleague actually sent a sort of, this might be helpful, we do this on holiday, which was this, you know, sort of 10 point kind of arts and crafts thing. And you've probably got a glue gun, you've probably got this. And my wife and I sort of looked at it and thought, 
gosh, there's absolutely no way on earth that we've got either the materials or the inclination. And that whole idea of comparison yeah, yeah. is important, isn't it? That it we is. Are, I think it is. You know, we do it gonna, our own way. We're not going to sit around and play quartets yeah. with music. No, <laughs> no, absolutely not. I mean, one thing I, I, my sister said to me that I found really helpful was just imagine, because she was talking particularly about my eldest, that, you know, our, our, my year off was a pivotal time in my life. Imagine that you'd had to sort of cut that short and come back and go and self-isolate with your family for 12 weeks or whatever. And I think we've got to bear in mind that actually this is really, really tough for them. Yeah, And I, I also think it was, you know, for my son and daughter, you know, it seems strange to say, but they're actually really sad they're not yeah. doing their exams. You know, what a real chance and an opportunity to prove themselves, which I think they both wanted to do. And actually, no. No, they've been taken away. I think I also want to sort of almost point out at the outset that it is a long race. It's not a sprint. And, you know, I can see there's lots of enthusiasm. I think the lovely weather at the moment is helping, but actually it's pouring with rain and it's chilly and it's cold. And, you know, it's actually how do we keep going then? And I think that there's almost a sort of excitement and an enthusiasm at the moment. But I think that we must remember that it is a long race. And so if we haven't got things totally sorted yet, don't worry. Yeah, I think you said it's how, how does your family look, you know, in mid-June or end of May that really needs to concern us, not necessarily day to day. And except, as with any group of people, that when you're really in close quarters like you will be, and you've only got each other, that there's going to be some friction. Mm. And actually part of what we need to teach our children through this stage is how to handle that. Yeah. You know, I was very impressed with uh, my youngest this morning, got a bit worried about something and anxious and was a bit spiky with my wife. But he said, you know, sorry, mum, I was just a bit stressed about X and Y. So, and to, that, so to that end, uh, mate, I wonder whether we ought to be thinking as well about how we as individuals, as parents, as mums and dads, how do we keep ourselves sane? Because a lot of people, their job and their sense of self-worth and well-being comes through going out to work and that sense of space and separation, which really helps. And actually to be shoved into a small space with your children can sometimes be really hard. Yes. So maybe we just need to think about that too. Well, I think I think this is a stage where modelling is really important. So how do we... I mean, I, I have not been at my best the last few days, and uh, certainly my children would tell you that at various times. And But I have apologised, and I have said, I'm sorry, you know, I'm, I'm probably a bit more anxious about this than I thought. I, I, I took myself off for a long two-and-a-half-hour solitary sunny walk this morning, and that's definitely done me the world of good. And, you know, as parents, we know what's going to help, but we have to be calm don't we we've got we to do. be the people who are as i say modeling mm. and i was very conscious of that i made the mistake and hopefully parents out there can learn from this of, of kind of talking about coronavirus too much mm. which definitely irritated my children and um this might or might not be helpful i i kind of had children one who seems really quite blasé about the whole thing and one who seems you know much more anxious about it and i think my reflections on it were look, we've got to talk about this. Mm. You know, we can't just ignore it and pretend it's not happening. But at the same time, if we talk about it all the time, all we're doing is creating more and more anxiety and actually it's not going to be helpful. So kind of we've decided we're going to just spend a five-minute slot every day, probably around supper time, actually, just to say, right, what's going on? How are we finding it? Um, what's working? What's not? 
Um, how's everyone feeling? And then just park it so that we're talking about it, but just with a sort of moderate amount of... That sounds wise. I've got a sort of picture of Mr Certain coming like Boris Johnson to his lectern <laughs> <laughs> and making an announcement before the family, this is where we're at. Now, that sounds really wise, but... You know, so exercise and exercise outside, giving yourself some of your own space and time, you know, maybe pursuing one or two things that you really enjoy, whether that's reading a book or, you know, a, a sort of particular series that you can pick up on Netflix or something that energises you to do what we need to do, which is to rise up and and to support our kids through it. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, there's been a lot of chat about... This is a great opportunity to learn, isn't there? And I, and I do think there is a great opportunity here. I think if, you know, can you teach your children to bake? Can you teach them to iron? Um, can you do all, you know, there's loads you could do. And I think that's really valuable. And I think we need to be just caught careful about that. I think we really must include the, the children in those discussions. Yeah, yeah. A lot of parents saying, I'm going to do this, that and the other. And actually, we need to try and say, look, we thought we could learn one of these. Which one yeah. would you like? And I love the idea of what people talk about as a family meeting, you know, and that it is a two-way thing yeah. and that we listen to them as much as they should listen to us. Yes, and and sharing of ideas as to how do you think we should be using this time? Let's be honest, it's a long time. It's going to be a long time, yeah. yeah. I'll learn the piano. <laughs> no, I won't. The, um, I think one thing is interesting, and it, it struck me from something we talked about in season one with Joe Walker, that actually is, there's real value to in learning something together. Yeah. Uh, and rather it be about just us, us teaching them a skill, say, look, I've actually useless at making cakes mm. you know why don't you and i make a cake together and each week we'll make a different cake great idea um we 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 started this process recognizing again that it is a long race that we got a big blackboard out and we had a, a sort of it was split up into six the sort of six members of the family and jay and and we all had to write down things that we thought that we would like to do and that might be positive to do sort of i'm in charge of the dog or i'll do the food or what was yours, mate? Oh, I, I, funnily enough, there were two of them, dog yeah. and food. And um, my eldest son, Herbie, um, just wrote down, rest a lot, <laughs> <laughs> which I didn't think was overly helpful. But you were talking about possibly giving out sort of areas of responsibility in the home yeah. as well, weren't you? I love that idea. I love the idea of of each person within the six of us has something that they are responsible for. So you are the captain of that. That is your ship yeah. and you need to be in charge of it and make sure that it happens, whether it's the recycling or sometimes it might be a bigger thing of, you know, you're in charge of the dog, you're in charge of, of the food and, the you know, the menus of what we're going to eat. Yeah, so I think that's the sense of... You know, ownership is, is a motivator, isn't it? Of, yes. You know, that, that do it as creatively and do it as well as you can. Yes, I think um, I think that's a really good idea. One other thing that, that we talked about was, you know, you, you don't want to keep saying, wash your hands, do this, do that. So instead of sort of feeling like we're nagging them, um, and it's a bit like this, if you say, right, you're in charge of the dishwasher to, you know, one of your children, everyone knows that's their job. There's a sense that you don't have to really keep going on about it. Um, but those kind of day-to-day -day things like make sure that you wash your hands, we were just thinking of putting a few little kind of signs out around the house, remember to wash your hands, so that as they go through doors, and it's not like a massive kind of medical thing, but two or three places when you come in from outside, a little reminder on the, on the door, remember to wash your hands. So you're not nagging them, 
but there is a constant reminder for them and for us, I guess, in terms of that. There are a few other things that I've sort of written down, and in fact I did a tweet on it, of things that we should try and do. In fact, I did my I can and I am five a day. Five a day. Five a day, and I've got here, and I I recognise that it might be quite difficult to squeeze them all into one day, but I like the idea of encouraging our young people to get involved in random acts of kindness. Recognising that an act of kindness is that, so it's the lookout model and it's the oxytocin and the, you suddenly get that hormonal rush of, oh, that felt good. I think, I think it's, again, there's modelling there as well, isn't there? We've set up a WhatsApp group for our street yeah. just to say, look, if you're self-isolating and you need something, and we've kind of shared that with them and said, oh, look, so-and-so needs this. And actually our eldest has once or twice gone out to do shopping or got something from the pharmacy for people in the street. Oh, that's a really good idea. Yeah, and... Um, just a simple thing. Like, Did you go and knock on the doors to kind of establish that and phone numbers? We popped a, a piece of paper through their doors yeah. and just said, look, we're at number this number. Here are our mobiles. If you want to join a WhatsApp group, we'd love to be. And there's like last night we had someone say, has anyone got the Harry Potter DVDs? We thought we might revisit these. And somebody said, yeah, I'm sure I've got them. That's not them. Or I bought Hello Magazine. Oh, I love that. I love that. That's, That's a great, great idea. But then also... My my mum lives right next door to us and her husband loves to get the newspaper every day and uh, likes it kind of at 7.30. So um, our middle child, Stan, is uh, goes off every morning now to get the newspaper for him and drops it in every day. And I think, Isn't that wonderful? Yeah, they're really important little things, actually. Because one of the messages that I think is worth saying to our children is, look, you are actually the safest community on earth right now. You know, what, not, what exactly do you mean by that? Well, that? This is, well, this is not an illness that is going to affect you greatly. All the statistics and data that's coming out from China and Italy and Iran and the places that are worse hit is, in terms of their health, they don't have much to fear unless there are any underlying issues. And and so I think you know the, the issue is what can you do? What can you do to help these people? We are surrounded on either side in our house by a couple that are over in their 70s and are in self-isolation, how can we help them? Because we want to keep them safe, don't we? And to motivate them in that respect. Brilliant. I, I think that WhatsApp group is a really inspiring idea. Number two, mate. Number two is a phone call or a message of concern and compassion. So, again, it could be a WhatsApp, it could be a ping of, um, you know, some form of messaging or a phone call to a granny or a parent, a godparent, a, an old friend where you just sort of ring up to say, how are you? They're on their own or they're, you know, I think of my mum who's in her 80s, she's on her own. She's also an extrovert, so she really longs to be with people. So oh, the know. phone calls mean a lot. Well, I read a brilliant tweet the other day that said in the sort of total opposite of my teenage years, I'm now yelling at my parents to stay indoors. Yes. <laughs> and it, and I thought, gosh, I know, because my mum is an absolute outdoor person yeah. like your mum, as we yeah, both, yeah. both know. And, and yeah, so yeah. to try and keep her indoors has been quite yeah. a task. But I think we've talked a lot in talking teenagers about technology. And actually, this is a fantastic opportunity to use this technology in a really positive way over the next few weeks. And I don't think parents out there need to get too hung up about how much our children are using technology right now. It's important they stay connected to their friends. They do need some downtime. Yeah, that's a, an, another very good point. You're on fire this morning, mate. Absolutely well, on number fire. Number three. <laughs> so exercise and recognising how beautiful it is outside at the moment. I think exercise outside, 
you know, going back to the Liz Earle podcast that we did earlier in the year of, you know, the Stanford University research on the value of exercise outside on our mental well-being. But I think whether it's a dog walk or whether it's a long walk or, you know, obviously in a space where there aren't so many people um, keeping our social distancing. But, you know, I'm going to think this afternoon it's the exercise bike outside, you know, out I move. And I think that's, uh, um, you know, it's an easy one that we can do. Yes, I agree. I mean, you know, there's a lot of talk about people going to Snowdonia and all the rest of it. I think the key thing is that you stay local. It might even be that you start doing sort of, I don't know, Pilates in your own garden or um, you start doing press-ups and pull-ups and things like that in your own garden. I I started that little regime yesterday, actually, and and I think it's very good that no one saw me doing um, press-ups at all, mate, because it was was a rather sort of... What would you say your press-up handicap is? I think I'm sort of 36 plus. (laughs) My, My fourth one I've already mentioned is this idea of being in charge of something at home. And then my fifth one... Again, a difficult thing to do, but I always ask my children at the end of a day at school, I say, what have you learnt today? And I love hearing something they've learnt, however random and extraordinary and and weird and wonderful it is, but I love the idea of them learning or maybe creating something, you know, on a daily basis, that you've got that sort of sense of, I learnt all about goats today, or, I, you know, however unusual and random and extraordinary it is, it's just a really wonderful thing and again it's enriching for the family to all share these ideas yes and i think in the wider sense what is society learning right now because there are and and i do think there will be a sort of post-coronavirus kind of wash up that actually says you know what we can work at home more that we can do more to preserve the environment we can and there's going to be some wider questions that people say, what actually was really good about this? Because there aren't very many good things right now. But We're standing on the edge, aren't we? We're standing on the edge. We don't quite know where it's going to take us and how gruesome it's going to be. And that's, there is a fear element at the moment. And, and that's very hard. But when we get through, I almost long, like to think that there might be a sense of, wow, what a gift that was to yes. us as a country. I'm also really, you know, struck by... This isn't a party political broadcast, but by how the government are really stepping up to support us in as wholehearted a way as they can. Yes, I agree. And I, th- I think you're right. I think that, that you know, we have to, to temper all that by saying, obviously, lives will be lost and, you know, one, um, and, and we will be sort of having to cope with the grief, um, I think. But I agree, there will be some positives and we must always look for the positives. You do your, what have you learned this day? We often at supper say, you know, what are you grateful for today? Say three things, people or some things that you're grateful for. And I think that's a really good thing for your well-being as well, to get your children to do that. Just talking about anxiety, I think, as we've said, there will be children who will be anxious and some that will be far less so. And we have to gauge our response to them individually. But one good way of dealing with people who are anxious is to talk about this kind of idea of circle of concern, which is what can you control and what can't you control? Trying to ensure that we make sure that our, you know, that our children are not worrying about the things that are out of their control. They can only sort of judge, as it were, and can, can sort of think about how they receive things that they can control and just trying to make it clear to them and help them through that process. For some people, that will be really important, I think, in terms of how they do things. Good. Mate, who knows what the next 10 weeks, 12 weeks will bring. But I, I, I love the idea that we are to be role models and that we really need to keep ourselves in shape. So we need to remember that on a daily basis and 
think to ourselves, what are my principal needs? And if our principal needs are, you know, are replete and we are in shape, then we are ready to, to give our children exactly what they need. Yeah. From just briefly from a teacher point of view here, uh, as, as obviously a lot of teaching is going online and your children are going to be stuck indoors a lot of the time, um, just a few things to think about. And obviously there's been some fantastic, and I would encourage you to sort of set up WhatsApp groups with sort of parents in similar situations because there's some great chat about how to do this. But, you know, think about what they're wearing, where they're working. If you can get them to work in a room other than their bedroom or then obviously some people are going to be restricted, then allow them to do that, I think, because you don't want them to be sat on their bed and that's their place of work as well. Yeah. And in those breaks, kick them in the garden or if they can get outside just to give themselves some fresh air and some, yeah. some life and keep them well snacked up. Yeah. But just um, simple things to try and, you know, and talk to them about how's it going, what's working well, what are you finding difficult? Because I think we're going into a stage now where this online world and online teaching will be really tough for them. Mm. Um, and, you know, they need to kind of um, think and actively think about how it's working. Yeah. I think the breaks and, like you say, the breaks, get outside, get in the garden, get sort of, get them breathing deeply and, and you know, resting and relaxing, ready for the next bout. Recognising, you know, I think of my son, you know, every break time it's half an hour of cricket, non-stop yes. cricket, you know, and the, he needs that. Yeah, well, I left my youngest playing hockey in the garden really? and it's uh, it's not a big garden, so I'm expecting a broken window by the time I get back, but, but that's OK. Yeah. Listen, parents out there, we wish you all the very best in this time. Absolutely. Stay safe. Uh, do stay in touch with I, I Can and I Am and Talking Teenagers. If you want to email us, if you've got any concerns or anything, we can keep posting and helping you out as best we That's can. That's right. And do use our website of icanandiam.com and our previous podcasts are all there to support you in this crucial journey, but exciting journey of bringing up teenagers today. presentations and resources and help build self-confidence in young people visit their website at icaniam.com be a song